Hello and welcome. The Hoop Sevens basketball hustle. All of a sudden, after a five-month marathon, Cody, we've got one week to go in the NBL season, and we still don't know who's going to be taking part in the finals. We still could have a Tasmania Jack Jumpers fairy tale. The Perth Wildcats might still do what they always do and get to the finals for a 36th straight year, but we're not quite sure. We do know that Melbourne United will finish on top. We do know that the Sydney Kings and Nilawarra Hawks are most likely going to finish second and third. The rest of it, we'll still find out this weekend. You got back onto the court in NBL 1 West action on the weekend as well, Cody, so we'll talk about that. Plenty going on outside of all of that in the world of the NBL as well, so we'll get stuck into all of it on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle this week. I'm Chris Pike, but the man that you've all tuned in to get his thoughts of, the former Illawarra Hawks and Sydney Kings forward, the current Warwick Senators captain, Cody Ellis. Welcome back. Thanks, mate. No, good to be back um, after a good little Easter break. Uh, mm-hmm. Plenty of sport to be watching. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, look, lots happening. Um, lots to happen in this last round, but uh, it's it's been a, a bit of a grind of the season. Um, and that's just from a spectator's point of view. So <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm sure all the players are, are, you know, the guys that are locked into finals and those ones pushing for the finals are, are ready for the finals to come around and those who uh, have no chance are ready for the season to finish. So, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots going on, still uh, still up in the air for that fourth spot. How would you be feeling now physically? I mean, let's be honest, most players were ready to go probably by the start of November for the mm-hmm. season. It got pushed back a month. Yep. I mean, you, you're ready to go with the Blitz mid-November, and now you've been playing since the start of December for the season, and we're now more than halfway through April. Mm-hmm. How's your body feeling by this point? Oh, look, it, you'd be pretty tired. Mm-hmm. You, you would. Um, like I said, fairly long season. Um, and it, it's tough because while there's been lots of games, you know, throughout all the weeks and, and all that sort of stuff, it, it's tough. It's, it's, always, it's always tough because you train a lot. You do a lot of training, yeah. lots and lots of training, and, and that always beats you down and you'd much prefer to be playing games. But, uh, well, but I mean, sometimes we're in pre-season training by going back to August. Yeah. That's, a, that's a very long campaign. No, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy, mm-hmm. and then you're almost doing it for a full year, yeah. you know, like it's... Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a tough one, and you know those, those ones that uh, that are, that are pushing for that for those finals. I think um, it, it's it's tough, man. It's tough, and and um, yeah, playing games is is all that you want to do at this mm. point. I think I feel for the New Zealand breakers, and we might as well talk about them now because we might not get to them throughout the show. But fair enough. <laughs> they played their last their second last game of the season back on Saturday. They have an eight-day break before they play their last game. They're away from home. They, they somehow have to find enough to do in that week, and they're now without Yanni Wetzel, they're without Usman Jeng, and they're without Hugo Bassano have all now moved on. I mean, that's not ideal, is it? I mean, you have to feel for them being in that situation. Oh, it sucks. It, it does suck. And They could have got home a week earlier. Really. Well, they, they could have, and I th- from what I heard, I think... I think they play Adelaide in their last yes. game, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I, from what I heard, I think Adelaide were happy to push it forward. That's and, what I heard, yes. And the NBL said no. So mm-hmm. it, it's been a big talk about the player welfare yeah. and, and all that sort of stuff and how thankful everyone is for the breakers yeah. and you know being able to still run the league because they've been away for two years, yeah. away from their family yeah. and their home fans. Why wouldn't you do that for them? And I also think if you played it on a Tuesday or Wednesday night, it gives Adelaide enough time before their... Game on a Friday, yeah. but also I think Basson and Jeng probably can stick around for that one more game too. Probably, probably, and you know another game under your belt. Mm. It's always a good thing. Yeah. So yeah, look, a very odd, very odd thing that's happened. Yeah. But look, 
it is what it is and uh, as frustrating as, as that's got to be for them, um, you know, I think some of those young boys will, will be able to play a bit and guys like Rob Lowe mm-hmm. get some more tick and uh, hopefully <laughs> put up some big numbers again. Well, that's a great segue. Why don't we get straight to that to start the show before we get into everything that happened in round 20 because we've talked a lot about Rob on this show since you joined us and mm-hmm. we just wanted to see him get a chance because he's still been putting in the work, he still deserved a chance and he can still well and truly play at the NBL level, and he, he got the chance to do that on, on Saturday, and he put up 27 points, and he had, a, he had a fantastic game, and let's just take a listen to what he had to say afterwards, because he gave you a shout-out as well, Cody. Uh, you know, it's just uh, my teammates, my family, um, guys like Cody, you know, send me messages of support, um, you know, um, it all adds up, you know, it, it takes a tribe almost, but, um, you know, I'm just... Just happy to be on the team. You know, we've got a great group of guys and we all work hard and, and you know, we all come in here every day to, to win games. So, um, you know, tonight not the result we wanted, but um, positive that we tried. There you go, Cody. You got a shout-out from him and he appreciates your support. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. And, look, I always support my guys. You know, Rob and I went to college together for, for three years at St. Louis University and... Um, he, he's such a talent that um, he, there's not a whole lot of seven-footers around um, that can knock down that three and stretch yeah. the floor like he can. Yeah. And, you know, game on the weekend, he just proved what he can do. He was inside, outside. He's he did, blocking shots too. Yeah, yeah, did a bit of everything. He He's one of those guys that reads the game so well. He's really switched on. His basketball IQ is really high. So, yeah, I, I just – I'm glad he came out and did that because yeah. that was awesome. I don't know what his future holds at the Breakers because clearly, for whatever reason, Dan Shamir hasn't had him in yep. their plans, but he's too good not to be still playing in the league next year, mm-hmm. isn't he, somewhere? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, you know, he, he was away for a couple of years up at Cairns and I don't know if it's something that he just wanted to go back home. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on. I think he's got another year on his contract, I believe. So be interesting to see what happens mm-hmm. and, and what the club does with him. All right. A lot going on now because we've still got a fascinating finals race mm-hmm. To go in this final round, Cody. Let's go back to what happened in round 20 because some of these games had a big a big deciding factor in what set up for this last round and some of them didn't mean a whole lot. But the one that did mean a hell of a lot was the first game of round 20, Thursday night in Wollongong. Biggest crowd of the season, almost 5,000 got into the Win Entertainment Centre, which was fantastic to see. Went to overtime as well, which was mm-hmm. only fitting. And the Sydney Kings got the win 107 to 102 over the Hawks. So that gave them 13 wins in a row. Then... A shock on on Thursday night, probably just in how bad the Wildcats actually looked with yeah. their season on the line. The Adelaide 36ers came into RAC Arena and they looked terrific. They won 82 to 70. Well, you were on the court on for the, the court, Senators yeah. at the same time, Cody. Um, then on Saturday, another heartbreaking loss for the New Zealand Breakers. You, you do feel for them, but at the same time, the Tasmania Jack Jumpers kept their season alive with an 88 to 86 win. Melbourne United pretty much going through the, the motions with a with a Bullets team who was missing a lot of players. They were mm-hmm. they came in, I think, with only six or seven healthy bodies to throw at them, but Melbourne won 88-79. to 79. Then second up on Saturday, Wildcats just had to get this win. It did, they didn't start that great, but they overcame the Cairns Taipans in the end, 106-87. to 87. And then we went on to Sunday, and the Tasmania Jack Jumpers again, stayed alive, mm-hmm. and the South East Melbourne Phoenix... Threw another one away in a lot of ways. 84 to 80 win for the Jack Jumpers. And the Adelaide 36ers did it again. 
They ended Melbourne's winning streak earlier in the season. Now they ended Sydney's winning streak in Sydney, 90-82 to 82 on Sunday. And finally on Monday night, probably not the most enlivening game you, you'll watch, but Ben Eyre provided a bit of excitement for the Taipans, but Melbourne United, too good, 92-80. to 80. Before we talk about what all those results mean, Cody, what stood out to you? The fact that some teams are really limping towards the end of this mm. season. It, look, some of these games are starting to get a bit hard to watch. And look, it, it makes sense. Like we mentioned, long season, mm. some of those teams that are kind of playing for nothing. Obviously, just getting out there trying to get through the game. Um, so, you know, that's frustrating. But um, look, some, some really good stuff going on. Um, that Hawks-Kings game, mm. not surprising at all that it went into overtime. How tough was um, it to pull yourself off the couch to go and prepare was, for your game? It was very, to leave that game? <laughs> very tough. I was, uh, I was listening to it on the way to the game. So tough to walk away from that one. Yeah. But yeah, look, I, I, I've, I've also been in the WEC when it's been uh, bumping like that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a very loud stadium. Yeah, when, I was there too packed. for the 2010 Grand Final. Yep. And the Wildcats were playing the Hawks and it was packed. And it was, it was probably the best atmosphere in terms of a place that holds 5,000 people I've ever been part of. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, when we were making that Grand Final push, that, that place was rocking. Yep. It's, uh, it's, it's a bit of a fortress there once, once the mm. crowd is in it and yep. involved. Um, Kings did well, though. Kings did very well. Mm. Um, and then the jack jump is just staying alive, probably down most of the game in both those games and then just finding ways to, to, make, to make it happen. And um, especially that Phoenix game, I think uh, mm. to start the game off, Phoenix were on a bit of a tear. Yeah, and then uh, Jack McVeigh just getting <laughs> yes. it done again. Yep. Um, yeah, so look, not a whole lot to take away from, from the weekend, but, uh, you know, bits and pieces. Let's set the scene now for what the finals race means with one round to go. So we know that Melbourne United are locked into to top spot. Mm -hmm. um, even if they lose to the Jack Jumpers on Saturday and the Kings win both their games, Melbourne would have to pretty much lose by 150 points mm -hmm. to lose top spot. So yeah. you can guarantee they've won the regular season championship. Where it gets interesting is the Kings and the Hawks fighting over second and third spot. Sydney can stay second if they win both their games. So they've got the Taipans on Thursday and then they play the Hawks on, on Sunday. So yeah. the Hawks are in third, but they play in Perth on Friday night, yep. which as we've talked about, Cody, it's not a happy hunting ground for the Hawks no, it's not. Over, over history. <laughs> um, I think the record is two of... Two of a lot, I'm sure. Two of a yeah, lot. Yeah. Two of a lot over the last 10 years at RAC Arena. So the Hawks need to win one of those games to guarantee they stay third. But mm -hmm. if they win both... That would mean they beat the Kings and they could snatch second spot and yep. home court advantage. The Wildcats need to win one of their last two to make sure they make a 36th straight finals appearance. So they're first up against the Hawks on Friday and the Phoenix on Sunday. Then the Jack Jumpers. They need to win against Melbourne United at home on Saturday and then hope that the Wildcats fall over mm -hmm. and lose both of their games. What's going to happen? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Look, I, Dean Vickerman is, is notorious for playing his young guys late in the, especially last round. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't see a lot of their starters playing 30-odd minutes against mm. the Jack Jumpers. They don't need to. Uh, no, they don't. They don't. They've, again, they've really they've got nothing to play for yeah. um, at this point. And we don't um, know when the finals will start. There's every chance that the finals might start on a on a Thursday or yeah. Friday night. So the finals might start a few days later. Could be so a short turnaround. Well, that's so it. So they want to stay fresh. Yeah, I think so. At the same time, United's depth is ridiculous. Yes. So, you know, even their second unit mm. is, is crazy. So 
Jack Jumpers playing for their life. It's a tough one. I don't know. The Cats have got a tough Hawks team that is, uh, is, is still rolling, even though they, they lost to the Kings. They're, they're rolling right now. I don't think... There's not a whole lot of guys on that team that have been part of that two and whatever no. against the Cats at no. RAC. So. I spoke to Xavier Radden Mays last week about it, and he's never been to Perth. No. So he's never seen it. He's watched it on TV, and mm-hmm. he's noticed that Bryce Cotton gets all the calls. It's yep. the one thing that he pointed out. But <laughs> he's never been to Perth, so he's yeah. never experienced it for himself. And someone like him, you would think, would actually love that occasion. Yeah, I think so. Him and Cleveland. Yeah. Cleveland yeah. would really rise to that, yeah. that type of uh, occasion, I think. So I think that's going to be a really intriguing game. Mm. The Cats are still, they're kind of just limping to the, towards the finals again. Um, you know, I, even with this season on the line this weekend, like you said, against Adelaide, they just, there was no bite to them um, no. that they usually have. They've got no real mongrel on their team. Yep. They've got no real Greg Hire, yep. right? Yep. So a, a Greg type would be perfect for this yep. squad right yep. now. Nordo is probably the only one that really gives them that. Yep. And with him... Being on limited minutes, mm-hmm. it, it's hard for him to, to do that. Hopefully we get a full game out of Norto now, mm-hmm. now with one or two under his belt. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. But, again, not sure what's happening with Vic. Yes. So that's going to be an interesting one. Well, let's talk about that now quickly. I mean, he injured his ankle against the Taipan. It looked, it looked nasty, but at the yeah. same time he was, he was able to kind of walk off the court. We haven't heard anything out of the club since in the days since. I mean... Mm-hmm. If he doesn't play or if he's at anywhere not close to 100%, it's almost a similar situation to the grand final series last year isn't mm-hmm. it, where they're almost non-competitive. Yeah. Yep. So usually when you've got an injury to a star player like that, they get scans and they come back negative and, and all that. The club's fairly quick to put out a mm-hmm. statement yeah. saying that he'll be fine. It's just more day-to-day stuff mm-hmm. and once swelling goes down, all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. I haven't seen anything. I'm no. not sure if anyone else has. I haven't heard anything um, out of Lockie Reid either. He's usually right on top of Usually on top of it, things. yeah. Lock, Lock's good with that. So, no, that's a, that's a very interesting one. Um, we, we had Easter over the weekend, so whether or not mm. results have been slowed by that, um, you never know. But, yeah, with him out, he's, he's kind of been their saving grace this mm-hmm. year in lots of games. Yeah. Um, Bryce hasn't been the same Bryce in this past probably month. Mm. You know, whether that's the, the COVID stuff that, that's just still eating away at him a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you don't know how that is going to react to anyone, so he might have been uh, hit a bit worse than other players with that because yeah. he, he seems to be labouring up the court a bit. He you know, does, he yeah. does, He's not his usual springy, floaty self. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what, what's going on. So it's, it's tough. I'm, I'm hoping he's all right. I'm hoping yeah. Vic's all right because um, he's, he's been so good to watch this year. You know, he has. Um, speaking of Bryce... We talked last week about how Duop Reith almost played a perfect game for the mm-hmm. Aurora Hawks. I reckon Sunday Detch went very close on, on Thursday yeah, night for the did. Adelaide 36ers. He, he loves the challenge of playing on Bryce. They are former teammates, and he's played against him now for, for a number of years since. Um, he loves coming back to Perth as well to show mm-hmm. off he, what he can do in front of his hometown. And he had 23 points. I think it was nine rebounds. He shot the ball really well. But I don't know if we've ever seen a better defensive job mm. on, on Bryce. Bryce had seven points. He shot three of 16 from the field, and yep. a lot of the credit for that went to, went to Sunday. Oh, for sure. And, you know, as a defender, these are the games that you want to be up and about mm-hmm. for, and these are the ones you mark off on your calendar when you're playing guys like Bryce. Mm-hmm. You know, guys that seem almost unstoppable, you know, at times. So I know he would take a lot of pride in that, and that's, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have probably cared that he scored 23. It would yeah. be the fact that he held Bryce to sure. seven. 
and they were a hard fought seven, you know. Oh, so, yeah. geez, I couldn't tell. When was the last time Bryce scored under 10 points? But what I can tell you is it's the only time this season. Yeah. And um, but going back beyond that, it's certainly not happened very, I'd, very often. I would be surprised if it's ever happened. So that's a, that's a heck of an effort. And, yeah, look, he, he played awesome. Sunday was awesome. He was, he was really good coming home, playing in front of his, his friends and his fam, and um, he, he was up and about. It was, it's, it's good. It's awesome to see. Yeah, I mean, the whole Adelaide team just had fun. Yeah. We were talking about how we might not see Dusty Hannes again mm-hmm. and he suddenly comes out and puts up 23 Just points. I know, I know. DJ comes back home and puts up 23 and they were led by Mitch McCarron who played the sort of game that we've been yep. wanting to see for him yep. all season. That meant the Wildcats really just couldn't afford to lose to the Taipans two days later and they were struggling early but it was mm-hmm. Michael Frazier that came on and gave them a spark. We might talk about him a little bit later in the show but we've talked a lot about the situation he's in and so it's a horrible position. I mean, the best way to describe it is that he basically got fired from his job, got mm-hmm. told he was no longer wanted. His employer brought in somebody new to replace him. Then when that new employee fell through, that they had to come back and, and ask him to, to come back to yeah. a place that he already knew that he wasn't wanted. I can't imagine how to deal with something like that mentally, but it shows an enormous strength of character to come out and play well and, and to be the spark, really, that mm-hmm. wins your team again. Oh, absolutely. I think he was a big reason that the Cats weren't down by, you know, 15, 20 early. And, you know, over the course of a game, you you look at that and then all of a sudden you don't really get on that roll as easy um, Mm -hmm. that the Cats did against Cairns because, you know, that deficit is instead of being, you know, 8, 9, 10 points, it's out near 20. So I think he was huge for that. He's done an awesome job. Um, You know, the, the ultimate professional is what he's been and uh and that's awesome to see because i know there's there's lots of players around that would have just not really cared and probably gone home and yeah. and um said no get stuffed you know so <laughs> and you couldn't blame him if not, you did not at all not at all you wouldn't wouldn't blame him uh in the slightest so i, I think he's he's been amazing yep and we might talk about him a bit a bit later Jack McVeigh, he's always shown the potential to be somebody that could have a big impact mm-hmm. in his time in Adelaide, but it was only ever sporadic sort mm-hmm. of moments that he had. But he always clearly didn't lack the confidence. Um, it was just an opportunity that he needed. Scott Roth's given him that. He's turned him into a four-man, even though he's still giving up a lot of height and a lot of weight every time he plays against an opponent. But yep. it's not just the fact that he's shooting, because we always knew he could score if you give him the ball, but the hustle that he brings, the energy he plays with, the rebounds, his defence, everything's improved since he got to Tasmania and mm-hmm. he's almost their most important player. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, two things he does not lack is uh, <laughs> is his confidence and his energy. I think he rides off his energy and, and that's awesome. And you're right, he, he's such an important piece to that team. He's playing the four, so you're right, he, he gives up a bit of size and, and a bit of weight, but you know, the four men around the league have also got to try and guard him. Yep. And he is, he's just an energizer bunny. You know, he's, he's just constantly moving. He, he's getting his hand on the ball. He, he's um, getting after it. He's hyped after he, he makes a shot. Um, uh, it, he's been really good this year. I think the fact that he's had that opportunity and that confidence instilled in him by the coaching staff mm-hmm. has really helped him. And we've seen that in Keanu Pinder as well this year. Sure. I think it just helps prove our point that, you know, that, that right fit is so important for players. Unfortunately, it makes it look like they both need to get out of Adelaide. Maybe the environment in Adelaide wasn't mm-hmm. conducive to 
to getting the best out of these sort of guys. And right. they both thrived in new environments. Yeah, they did. They did. And look, you never know what's going on inside a club. Um, you, you can see and talk about it from the outside, but you never know what's going on the inside and whether that's the coach, the coaching staff or, or behind the scenes. So I think... I kind of feel like CJ wouldn't mind having a front court with those two guys yeah, right, right now. That'd be fairly handy, I think, <laughs> with uh, with the, the roles that they're both on and, and playing this year. I think he would uh, love those two on his squad. Not to be, and I think they'll both be where they are for quite a long time because they're both doing some, some, some great things. Um, Jack's a funny one. I mean... A lot of times you see a player with that sort of confidence and it kind of rubs you the wrong way sometimes. Mm-hmm. But with Jack, it, it feels like it comes from a really good place in, yeah. inside him. He doesn't, he's not confident because he's cocky. He's confident yeah. because he, he's trying to get the best out of himself and probably trying to lift his teammates mm-hmm. as well. And he can't help but to want him to do well, I, I feel. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And he's, like I mentioned, he's that energizer bunny. So... And, and that kind of stems from his confidence as well, and that's how he gets himself going. And you do. Know, it's hard to, to dislike a guy like that. Fascinated to get your thoughts on Ben Eyre mm-hmm. as well. I mean, probably three weeks ago he hadn't played an NBL game. Yeah. All of a sudden he's probably um, one, of the, one of the bright spots of a pretty dark season for the Taipans. Mm-hmm. They've had Pinder and they've had Bull Kowal, who have been fantastic. But all of a sudden, the way he's finishing the season, he's starting as the point guard without Scott Machado and... Mm-hmm. He's not lacking confidence, but he's also not lacking ability. Yeah. I mean, he put up 20 points and it was later adjusted to, to give him the double-double. He, double, double. he, yeah. <laughs> he got 10 assists in the end as well against Melbourne United. And I think if you get under the skin of Chris Golding, it means that you're doing something right. Yeah. He was back in Melbourne in his hometown. And he, got, he got the crowd behind him with some booze, which mm-hmm. I think only actually drove him on. He's been an NBA one player at Knox and... I'm fascinated to hopefully get a chance to chat to Adam Gibson about him at some point because yeah. they, they were teammates and I think will be teammates again mm-hmm. this season as well. So for a guy like that to come from nowhere and now to, in Adam Ford's words from after the game, playing himself into a full contract, it's, it's a great story. Oh, it is. It's awesome. And it, it's always good to see those opportunities given to those young guys. Mm-hmm. And I think this league is really good for that being that, uh, that little mini tramp into, uh, into to making the league. And I think um, he, he was awesome. He was really good. And you're right, he didn't lack confidence at all. He was, he was taking it at him. And, you know, he's got guys like Delhi and Shea Ely guarding hmm. him. You know, we, we saw it um, with... Uh, yeah, similar yeah. with Foxwell of the Phoenix, who, while Simon Mitchell might have got criticised for yeah. it, you've got to give these guys a chance. Yeah, well, exactly. And, you know, it, it, it's awesome to see that they're not... You know, overawed by who's playing on them or being on the court um, in front of a big crowd or and stuff like that. And I think the confidence of these young guys has been great. And twenty and ten, and I think he had four boards and three steals he to did. go with it. So put in a put on a really good game. Put on a really good game. And I think two other guys that have had a twenty and ten game, twenty point ten yeah, assist I game. Right. I think it was. I think, you're right. I think it was Adams. Adams and it? might have been Bryce. Two MVP <laughs> candidates. Yes. So that's, that's fairly good company. Yeah. Um, got under Gordon's skin. He, he did. So he, he certainly uh, stamped his, uh, his name on that game. Does he get a contract somewhere next year? I think he certainly gets a, a heck of a look in somewhere. Um, I don't see why he wouldn't. Mm-hmm. He's certainly proven that uh, he can play on this stage. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't see why he wouldn't. Another person I want to get your thoughts on, Zach Gatorna. Mm-hmm. You've spent a number of years now playing against him yep. at SBL or NBL1 level when he's been at the Perth, Perth Redbacks. 
I mean, he's, he's a great story as well because he's wanted a chance in the NBL. He, for, some, for whatever reason, never got a look mm-hmm. in at the Wildcats and you know how that feels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he had to pay his own, own way to go over to Adelaide. He spent all of last season with the 36ers as a, as a training player. Mm-hmm. I talked to him about it and it wasn't easy because he wasn't able to make any money himself really and he had to just find a way to, to live if yeah. he wanted to try to get a crack in the NBL. So he's been able to become a development player this year and he hasn't got a lot of minutes a lot of the year, but he's waited for a chance and that chance came against the Kings for him on Sunday when Todd Withers got, got hurt. Mm-hmm. He comes on, he puts up 10 points in about three minutes and he shows what he can do. Yeah, then look, Zach's, he's an unbelievable athlete. Mm. If he gets another chance to play again and use that athleticism, he's going to dunk on someone because yes. he, he's, he's got that, that spring in him. Um, but no, he, he came out and he, again, he wasn't shy. I think there was mm. a point where he got up nine shots in nine <laughs> minutes on the court. Yeah, so he yeah. certainly wasn't shy, but he found himself in the right spot at the right time three or four times and he, he was really good. He, he, um, he, he was really good out there. He didn't look like he was lost at all, mm. but um, I, I think it was really good. So I, a tough situation for him, you know, having mm. to pay your way just mm. to, to get a crack. You know, that's what it means to some of these young guys. And uh, he's certainly got the talent. It's certainly there. Well, you've spent a lot of time matching up yeah. against him. Mm-hmm. Is he an NBL-level player? Yeah, I think he can be. I think he can be. I think the big thing for him is is learning the game and understanding the game. Mm-hmm. He's got all the tools physically. Yeah. I think the big thing for him is mentally and, and being more of a student and, and figuring it out from that side. So, And that comes down to watching lots of tape mm-hmm. and, and asking lots of questions. I mean, you've got CJ as your coach. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd be picking his brain yeah. every second. So I think that's where he needs to improve. I also but think three years ago he wasn't a great shooter. Mm-hmm. Now he's a pretty good shooter. Yeah, oh, definitely. He's, he's certainly improved that side of his game. Um, and someone where you now have to close out mm-hmm. to him fairly hard because he can knock that three down. You do that, he's so athletic, he can get to the rim, one, two dribbles, he's strong, he's a good finisher. Yeah. So I think he's certainly got the tools. I think he's certainly got the tools and you know, it seems like he's, he's got that work ethic and that want, so yeah. that, that's a good thing. All right, Cody, let's take a deep breath on Hoop Seven's basketball hustle. First of all, you were back on the court on Thursday night. Was it wearing a new pair of shoes from Hoop Seven? It wasn't. No, I haven't got a new pair this season yet. I need to. Uh, I need to get in there and uh, and get myself a pair. I'm uh, hanging on to my Kobe's, um, <laughs> which are hard to beat. So they they stopped making Kobe's after obviously the tragedy that happened. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to start bringing out a new line of Kobe soon. Yes. Well. Vanessa Bryant and, and Nike came to an agreement, which is awesome. Um, I know every basketball fan is, is super happy about yeah. that because I, I still think Kobe's shoes were, were the best the yeah. best to wear and they're mm-hmm. the most comfy and I, I love them. So that's, I'm, I'm hoping they start pumping them out and uh, they're not rare to come across mm. and, and um, because it got to a, a very silly point in this past year or so of trying to get a pair. Um, you'd have to pay thousands of dollars just to get your hands on a pair and um, I'm hoping that stops now. Mm. I actually think I've got a pair on right now. and they're, it. they're very comfortable even to wear off the basketball yeah. court as well, Cody. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about, thank you to Hoop7, our Galen Award for the best team man in the NBL for this week. The scoring machine and the defensive legend, Damien Martin, are a little bit tied up at the moment. Mm. Unfortunately, our Hoop7s... Basketball hustle team haven't been able to stay free of COVID too, too mm. well. 
You've had COVID. Yeah. We know we've talked to Lowes about having COVID. Bevo, we've talked to about having COVID. Damo was laid pretty low with COVID, and and Sean currently yeah. is laid low with with COVID. Um, right now, I'm almost the last one left, <laughs> left standing. So you would think, given that, it's only a matter of time before I'm also going to to catch it. But we'll, what we can do is our Galen Award for this week, Cody. I've got some nominees, but as always, feel free to nominate somebody else if you think someone stood out. My nominees were pretty obvious, I I felt, because these are pretty regular candidates, especially Xavier Cooks and Shaili. I know the Kings split their two games on the weekend. They had a shock loss to Adelaide, but Xavier Cooks was massive, especially um, in the absence of Jarrell Martin against against Adelaide. And back to to the form that he was in before his ankle injury, so Mm -hmm. he was putting up some really impressive numbers and giving all of that energy. Shea Lee's two performances, but into the starting lineup too, because Dean Vickerman talked about how he just couldn't deny him anymore. He's, yeah. he's been playing so well, he just had to throw him out there from the start of the game, and he had two more really, really big performances against Brisbane and Cairns. And then the two wins for Adelaide, I think they're two best wins of the season. Yeah. They, won, they came over to Perth and won on Thursday night, and then they snapped the winning streak of Sydney um, on Sunday. And we talked about how big Sunday Detch was, but Mitch McCarron was instrumental in everything that they did as well. They're my nominees. What do you think? One of those, or would you like to throw somebody else in the mix? All four of those really deserve a nod. And um, like you said, Zay's back to his, his normal self, I think. Sunday was just an amazing weekend in general, mm. um, doing what he did against Bryce. Macca just being being himself and, yeah. and um, just stuffing the stat sheet. Shay's been amazing. You know, he, he's been doing all the little things and he's certainly right up there in, in winning this whole thing mm-hmm. um, for the season and it'd be very understandable mm-hmm. why. But I, the one that I wanted to throw in there was, was Michael Fraser mm-hmm. and that's purely for the fact that everything he's gone through in this past couple months or the past month and a half and what he did coming back into this, this team and this game I think he was a big reason why they didn't drop that second one against mm-hmm. Cairns. And he dropped 19 points. But seven of those were, I think, in the first two minutes he was on the court. First two minutes he was on. And that's when Wildcats were really struggling to score. Yeah. They couldn't find the bottom of the bucket at all. Mm-hmm. And Cairns were kind of running, scoring a bit. Yeah. They were ticking the scoreboard over. He's a big reason why they weren't down 20 mm-hmm. in that first quarter. Mm-hmm. And I think... For a guy that I'm not going to say the team didn't want because I, I don't think that's right. I, think I don't think the team didn't. No, certainly, no. certainly management didn't. No, yeah. But for him to have potentially saved their season and mm-hmm. saved their 36, 35-year yep. streak, yep. I think is huge. And I think just his pure professionalism and, and the fact that he came in and just played the way he played early in the season um, when, when we were talking about him. I, I think he probably gets my nod this week. No, it's very tough to argue. You were in, a, in some ways in a similar position mm. where you knew that the management of the Hawks didn't, didn't want you part of the team. Yeah. But then when you did get on the court, you were able to come out and play well. How do you do that? I mean, it, it's almost hard to comprehend how you could actually be mentally strong enough to do that. You do it for your teammates. Mm-hmm. And, and you do do it for yourself as well. I guess... You, you never really lose confidence in yourself and you shouldn't as a professional athlete. But when that sort of stuff happens to you, you start to play on your mind a bit, right? So when you get out there, you really want to prove A, to yourself that you belong there. B, 
but B, prove to those people that didn't want you out there that you mm. belong there. It's kind of more making a statement than anything, and mm. uh, I think he was awesome. No, I'm very happy with Michael Frazier being the winner of the Galen Award for round 20 is the best NBL team man. And I think we, we might have nominated him earlier in the season when he was actually giving great effort as a rebounder yeah. and a defender. So he's somebody that can give this sort of energy. Mm. And it's just great to see him, see him be mentally strong enough to do what he's doing. It's a remarkable thing. Cody, let's take a different path now as well. You were back on the court. You mm-hmm. missed the first game for the Warwick Senators in the NBA One West season, but on Thursday night, you were back out there and your Warwick Senators had a really, really big win mm-hmm. against the Perth Redbacks. You were missing a couple of players and, and so were they, but the final margin made it look like a, a pretty impressive performance. Yeah, definitely. And I think we came out ready to go. From memory, scores were all locked up at quarter time and then we kind of cranked it up defensively a bit and... It, it was really good. You know, we, we had a couple of players that were out on the floor and probably not 100%, but mm-hmm. um, while we played a really good game, I think we've still got a lot to work on, and, and that's uh, it's pretty exciting um, for mine because we, we've just got lots of weapons and, and all these young boys are stepping up and playing really good basketball. And, yeah, no, it was really good to actually be out on the floor again and not, not cheering from the sidelines. It, it was interesting. Brian Michaels obviously was... Not quite at his best like he was in the first game where he had 37 points. Mm-hmm. He only had seven. Yep. But Caleb Davis stepped up. You stepped up. I think you had 23. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and, and Corbin just ran the ship like we know Corbin can do. I mean, it's nice to know that you didn't have to rely on Brian to have a big night. Oh, for sure. And Brian was hurting a bit. So he, he was one of those guys that wasn't 100%. But, I mean, they, they did a really good job on him. You know, they were in his pocket all game. So... That's not surprising because you see anyone have anything more than 30 points and mm. that's going to happen to your next game. Sure. So Jeremy Grace guarded him for most of the game and did a really good job on him. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, that, you also picked his pocket at one point and went down and yeah. threw, threw down a dunk. <laughs> I know, I know. It was, uh, you don't see that too often from <laughs> me anymore. Um, I wasn't going to let that highlight slip through. Without, without <laughs> of, being course, of course, of no, course. It was good, man. And, and you know, Like I said, I think... Once, once everyone's fit and healthy and we'll get our full squad in there, I think we're going to be tough to beat. I don't know if you've had a big chance to watch a lot of the rest of the league, especially mm-hmm. on Thursday night when everyone was playing at the same time yeah. you were. But is there any, anyone else that's an early standout from what you've seen? Oh, there's lots of teams. Then it, It's tough to, to call it from just these first two rounds. Mm. Not everyone's 100%. You know, lots of teams have been hit by COVID. There's lots of rosters out there that are, that are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's going to be a heck of a season and it's going to be a fight to, to make the playoffs this year, mm. um, which is awesome. That's what you want. As a competitor, that's, that's what you want. You, you don't want to just make it easy yeah. because, you know, then winning doesn't mean as much. So I, I could name off most of the league mm. and say that they've all improved since last year. Sure. I mean, we touched on it last week, but at least on paper, is there a better starting five in the league than what Rockingham's got when you've got Tom Jervis, Greg Hyatt, Devondrick Walker, Marshall Nelson... And Ryan Godfrey, it's, it wouldn't even be a bad NBL team. That's fairly impressive squad, <laughs> a very impressive squad. So, and and look, they've got they've done a really good job of bringing up um, their juniors as well. Yeah, I sure. think Rocco's Rocco's been really good with that. So you know, e- even their bench guys, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Beard Boys are always tough. Yeah. And 
they're, they're like I said, they're stacked. You know, mm. I think picking up Marshall in this in the off season was huge for them, and and just another scoring punch. And then you've got the experience of of the rest of the guys. Um, they're, they're, they are certainly stacked and they've, they've loaded up and, and want to win it and um, that's good. And just quickly, what I loved about the weekend of Thursday night also was seeing the Perth Lynx players all come back to play for their mm-hmm. NBL1 teams as well. At Warwick you had Nat Burden mm-hmm. suit up for the first time. I know she was coming back as an assistant coach but she had a fair say in the win as well. Yes, she did. Um, and you also had Mackenzie clint Hoycart back at the Senators. We saw Emma Gandini and Alex Sharp back at the Tigers. Um, Emma Clark. Great to see them come straight back, you know, only five days after mm-hmm. that game three of the grand final to come back and, and play for their local teams. Oh, it's awesome. It's really good. And the women's competition, again, has just taken another step up. Um, and it, it's, it's really good to see to see all of those, um, all of those girls join in and, and, and play straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've probably got a bit of a sour taste in their mouth after, after mm-hmm. not playing, uh, not winning, sorry. And uh, yeah, want to go out there and, and try to get that win, so um, no, it was really good to see. You would have seen a bit of Nat Burden's game. I mean, mm-hmm. she played the sort of game that suggests that maybe she shouldn't have just been an assistant coach in the WNBA right. this year. Yeah, no, she's she's always been tough. Nat's, Nat's um, always been a really good player, and that was a really big pickup for, for the women's program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Nat's played for Perry Lakes, I think, yes. her whole career, yep. her whole life, really. Yep. So to be able to draw someone of her talent um, is massive. Her and Ken's are, are certainly a dynamic duo, mm-hmm. and then you, you throw Stacey Barr in there, and yes. um, that's all of a sudden a very tough squad. Absolutely. Um, now, across the league this weekend, there's games Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday for Anzac Day. Mm-hmm. When are you playing, Cody, and who have you got? So we, uh, we've finally got a home game, yes. um, which, is, which is nice. Um, we play Friday night, so we'd hate to be watching the Wildcats play, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we've we got to play a game ourselves. Every um, game I think you've had so far has been up against the Wildcats game. Yes, I think it has. So ah, it is what it is, and, <laughs> and that's, that's the problem with the crossover, but, you know, that, that always happens. But we're playing uh, the boys from the hill. Mm. Um, so we've got the, the Suns and Joondalup 2.0 with yes. lots of those guys. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be a fight. You know, they've got some really good experience and, and run by Edo, who's, uh, who's proven a really good coach. And, and um, yeah, that's, that's certainly going to put up a fight. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the challenge and I always like playing against those boys. The biggest shame is that your coach won't be there, yes. Brennan, because I'm sure that him and Edo can't wait, <laughs> can't wait to battle each other. Oh, I'm sure they can't. I'm sure they can't, but it's going to have to wait uh, a bit of time now. So, yeah, look, obviously Trigg will have... Uh, other other things going on that night, um, so that's all right. It is what it is. No, I hope you get another win, Cody. Nothing against Ben, who, <laughs> who I've also spent a lot of time with over the years. But so it'll be a fascinating game. I'll keep an eye on it. But what we will be keeping an eye on the NBL this weekend to find out who ends up making the finals, Cody. Yeah. And it starts on Thursday night up in Cairns. So the Cairns Taipans, nothing to lose, playing with no fear, up against the Sydney Kings, who all of a sudden. They want to bounce back after having their, mm-hmm. their winning streak broken. Oh, for sure. And look, I've said this probably for the past two, three weeks now. I think Sydney probably needed to drop a game yep. just to not so much humble themselves, but just to remind them what what losing feels mm-hmm. like. And it's, it's a bit of a, a kick in the butt and they're not invincible. Sure. Um, and look, I think they've been close the past couple, mm-hmm. couple games anyway mm-hmm. and then uh, ran into a, a pretty hot Adelaide team. And uh, look, I think... I think the Kings switch it back on. Yep. They got too much talent for for Cairns. Mm-hmm. Cairns have been playing decent. 
but you know, with with Machado out, it's, it's a big problem for them. Yeah, I, I think the Kings get that fairly handily. Friday night's an interesting one. We've got one game that means almost completely nothing, and one game that means almost everything. Everything. <laughs> so first up in Melbourne, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, who are finishing the season without any momentum, but the Adelaide 36ers are now finishing the season full of momentum. They are, and they're playing free and, and playing confident, and that's something that I think CJ's been trying to smash into them all yep. season, and unfortunately it's taken for them to be out of playoff contention for them to actually flick that switch and, and play like that. And yeah, look, oh, just, the Phoenix are just obviously been very frustrating and and, and tough to watch. And Well, it's just the fourth quarters. I mean, they're always yeah, in a winning position seemingly every single game, including against the Jack Jumpers the other night, but they just can't close out games. No, they can't. And look, that is something that does end up playing on your mind as well. You, yeah. you go into a fourth quarter and you think, shit, I've been here before, yeah. but... Um, it's tough. I think Adelaide's rolling right now, and I think they get that win. Yeah. Now, this is a big one. Massive. Perth Wildcats and the Illawarra Hawks. We know the history in this building, but this is a different Hawks team, and they well, they had their winning streak broken last week as well, so they need to bounce back to make sure they you know, finish as high up as they can and lock away that final spot, but the Wildcats can't drop this, or else the door stays open for the Jack Jumpers. This is... This is as big as it gets. Yeah, it's, it's huge, and I'm fairly upset that I'm going to miss it. <laughs> There's, there's no way I'm going to avoid the score. So mm-hmm. I'd like to say I'd, I'll go home and watch it, but no chance I avoid. Mm. I can avoid the score. But, uh, yeah, look, it's, it's huge. I think both teams playing for a lot. You know, I, I think the Hawks want to push and, and get that home court advantage and Perth's playing for their life, mm. really. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I reckon the Hawks get this. I reckon the Hawks get this, and that's purely because... I kind of want it to come down to the last day before that fourth also, spot is. <laughs> could also, I mean, the, the presence or not of Vic Hall will be huge because yeah. I don't know if they can stop Dort Reith if Vic's not there. No, no. And I think um, Majok's done a good job on some of those bigs, but um, Dwarf is kind of is a bit of a different beast yeah. than, than the rest of the guys in the league. So that'll be a big ask if Vic's not there. Then on Saturday, first up, this could still mean everything for the Jack Jumpers. Mm-hmm. Melbourne United probably won't be going full full tilt, but they've still got enough talent where if the Jack Jumpers aren't switched on, they could still win the game. Yeah. What happens in this one? Oh, jeez. <laughs> it, it's, it's probably the first game for the Jack Jumpers where there's actually pressure on them. Yeah, it, and there definitely is. But at the same time, I, I don't think there is a whole lot of pressure either because no one's expected them to be here. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, gosh. Uh, I think... Uh, Look, I'm going to go with the Jack Jumpers. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say they win it and then make uh, make that last game on Sunday if, all the more important. If your predictions come true, then everything comes down to the very the last very game last of the, the season. Um, one would answer for this one because it doesn't mean a hell of a lot in Cairns. The Taipans against the Bullets. Uh, probably Bullets. Then on Sunday, this could very well determine who finishes second and gets home court advantage between the Kings and the Hawks. And let's be honest, that's pretty important because it, as you talked about it, so. It can be a hostile building there in Wollongong, mm-hmm. and and Kudos Bank Arena right now is getting right behind the Kings as well. They yeah. just had ten thousand people at their game against Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one's in Sydney, second spot, pretty much on the line between the Kings and the Hawks. Yeah, another just to toss the coin, and I'm hoping it goes into multiple overtimes this time. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Oh, jeez. Yeah, look, I I think the Kings get it because I think they kind of I think they start to turn their season back around. Not that they're 
playing bad by any stretch, mm. but I think they start to pick it up again um, after a few or a couple of weeks of not quite the same Kings basketball as the start of their streak. They are your two former NBL teams. Is your heart more with one of them than the other? Oh, look, no, not really. Look, I know guys on both those teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I probably know more guys on the Kings team, really. Probably. Um, mm-hmm. So, look, I, I have... I have no allegiance to any team at all, and mm-hmm. I think both are just stacked, and they're both really fun fun teams to watch. I mm-hmm. think they're probably two of the more fun teams to watch. I think they are. They yeah. do fun yeah. teams. Yeah. Now, let's just assume that the Perth Wildcats have to win this game on Sunday against the South East Melbourne Phoenix mm-hmm. to make the finals. If they don't win, it means the Jack Jumpers make it. What happens? Ah, uh, cats get it. Mm-hmm. Cats get it and keep their streak alive. Yeah, plain and simple. Is it though? I mean, Mitch Creek would love nothing more. I remember seeing how fired up he was when the 36ers beat the Wildcats to get yeah. to a grand final in, in a playoff series here. Um, he would love to do that again, wouldn't he, to finish this season? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And Phoenix are at that point now where they can be the spoilers. Mm-hmm. And you'd want to be that team that spoils the Cats' 35 year streak, wouldn't mm-hmm. you? You yes. know, if, if you're not playing for them, and oh, I'm sure it'd mean a lot, but. Uh, Means more for the Wildcats, surely. Oh, it certainly <laughs> does. It certainly does, and not just for this team that is, is on the court now. It means a lot for just the Wildcats organisation and, and the history of the club. All right, Cody. We'll we'll know by Sunday night what's happening. And when we come back for next week's show, we'll know our final schedule as well, and we'll know what we've got to look forward to. But to finish this week's show, I want to get your quick thoughts on a few things. We did this a couple of weeks ago, and it was very popular. Mm-hmm. So I, I like to pick awesome. your brain and get your quick thoughts. Let's start with, would you bring any of these guys back? Yep. Let's start with Todd Withers in Adelaide. I, I don't think so. I think he's been decent for them, but I don't think he's really given what an import needs to give. Mm-hmm. This one might be a little bit more complicated just because of how well he's played the last two games. Dusty Hammers. Uh, yeah, look, a tough one because it, it kind of seems like him and CJ butted heads a bit. Mm. Oh, that's a tough one. That, that's a tough one. Um, look, I, I don't think they bring him back. Mm. Lamar Patterson in Brisbane. Yeah, I don't see why you wouldn't bring Lamar back. Yeah. I think he's proven time and time again how, how good he is and he's their go-to guy right now. Yeah. And I think... Hopefully, once Sobes is back and fit and healthy, and um, they've got a fit and healthy roster around mm. him, I, th- I think uh, I think he's just going to get better again. Yeah, and I think exactly like we talked about last week. I think an import point guard. You still got Sobe, Kadee. You bring back Patterson and Franks, mm-hmm. and Harrison's back healthy. That's a that's a good team. Yeah. Uh, what about up in Cairns? Both Tajir McCall and Stephen Zimmerman. Tajir McCall, look, I. <laughs> I think he's been decent for them, but I just don't think he's the right fit for them, especially when you've got Machado yes. um, on the floor, and I think it'll come down to Machado's health more than anything. So I don't think they bring him back. Zimmerman, you'd want to bring back. Yeah, I, think I, think he was, so I think he was really good. Start of the season, I didn't think he belonged in the league. I haven't seen much of him <laughs> I in, agree. In he looked like and, a big guy from the 90s. Yeah. He just was a big, almost a big stiff. Yeah. But he's proven he's a lot more than that. Oh, the last few games he played were, were awesome. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Kind of fumbled his way through post uh, moves and finishes and, and all that sort of stuff. But 
it seemed like he was all under control the whole time and he led the league in, in rebounds. Yeah, so, is, yeah. Um, yeah, I think if you're 40, you want to bring him back for sure. What about Xavier Radden-Mays at the Hawks? Tough one. I'm, I'm not sure how he fits in that team culture. I, I don't know. It, from the outside looking in, it kind of seems like he's a bit of an outcast and I, I don't know how well some of the guys get on with him. I think he's all about the XRM brand. Yeah, yeah. Like. Yeah, but in saying that, he's been bloody awesome for him and he's been really good and I think he's been a big reason why they've been playing a lot better. Um, you know, obviously Cleveland is the main culprit for that and he's, he's put them on, the, on their back, on his back and said, let's go. But I think Rath and Mays has been, has been really good and really solid for them. Ever since Gorge told him not to dribble as much, I think <laughs> uh, he's, he's fit that role perfectly. And, and realistically, I think you would bring him back. Fascinating. Gorge is the one who told that story. Yeah. I asked him about it last week and he said it never happened. Yeah, really? <laughs> so I have no idea what to, what to believe. Somebody's not telling the, the truth. And yeah. Tyler Bagada at Melbourne. I don't think so. I think uh, to start the year, um, he was awesome. He was really good for them. And then probably about a third of the way through the year, he just kind of stopped producing. And I thought it was just a bit of a slump. And he kind of just hasn't gotten back to that same player. His three ball hasn't. So I don't know if it's confidence or, or what's going on, but uh, I, I think they can um, find a better piece. Hayden Seaver at the breakers. Been really good for them. Mm-hmm. Been really good for them. World-class guard, knows how to win. I think they should bring him back and just and just keep trying to build those pieces around him. Last one in this section. Both, lump them together. Josh Adams and Josh Majette at the Jack Jumpers. Yep, I think you bring both of them back. Mm-hmm. Majette, to start the year, seemed like he was all about himself, and so mm-hmm. did Adams. They both kind of seemed like they were just all about getting their points and, and <laughs> making sure they're, they're putting shots up. But the more the season's gone on, the more they've bought into their play style and the culture and I think they've been so important for, for Scott Roth and, and the team and I, I would be throwing a fair amount of money trying to get them back for sure. Okay, now this next section, I want to know, are these the type of players that you would want to throw everything at, either trying to keep where you are or trying to get them into your team or are you happy to let them, let them slide? Mm. Sunday Ditch. If you're CJ, you want him back. Absolutely. He's it's fascinating. It's his option on the contract. So yeah. if you're Adelaide right now, you're doing everything you can to try to give him a reason to come back. For sure, for sure. And he's the heart and soul of your defence. And if you're CJ, you're, you're telling him that you want to try build around him. And um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he does. Robert Franks. Oh, man, he, he was so good. And yeah. again, if you're keeping Lamar Patterson and you'd want to keep Franks, yep. you'd be throwing a fair amount at him. I think he's certainly proven lots of people that he's a lot better than we thought coming in. Mm-hmm. Knocking down that three ball at a ridiculous clip. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I didn't think he had in his game, not like that. Yeah. So I, I, he still doesn't take enough shots. No, I don't think he does either. And, and that's something that's really good from an import yeah. that can put points on the board. If you're telling him you need to shoot more, that's a very rare occurrence. So I'd, I'd be throwing lots at him. Put these two together. The, the Cairns duo, Keanu Pinder and Bull Kowal. Yeah, well, look, Fordy's already said he'll 
happily take a pay cut and to uh, to get those two to re-sign. And I think Cairns need to do everything they can to, to keep those two. Cairns has been one of those revolving doors type teams, unfortunately. They do so well at recruiting younger guys and guys that probably teams don't really know too much about. Those guys go off and, and play for the, the bigger money clubs. Yeah. I, I think they, they need to throw lots of money at those two. Probably throw Ben Eyre into that now too. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about Antonius Cleveland? The reason the Hawks are where they are right now. So, you know, if you're the the staff at, at the Hawks, then again, you you would be you'd be throwing lots of money at him, saying, "Look, we want you back. If we can imagine what we can do with a full season of how we finished." Yeah. So, um, you would you you definitely want him back. What about Will McDowell White? Had a very down season. Yeah. Um, he. He's been really good, and then this year came along, and look, I think he had some injuries to start the season. and He had a really bad concussion there for a little while, but yeah. he, he struggled to shake. Yeah, and I, I still don't think he's 100%, mm. because he's doing stuff that... Well, that pass at the end of that game. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the shot to, to finish the regulation before mm. that. and mm. Look, he, he's, not, he's not been the same with Dow White that we've seen in the past couple of years. I don't... Think they would. What if you're another club? Would you would you be willing to think that he could run your team? Look, I think so. I think he certainly has a spot somewhere in the league. Mm. Um, I, I don't know if it, if he fits too well in that Breakers yeah. system, though. Last one, Todd Blanchfield. Todd has. He, he's. I know by his standards, he he's had a down year for sure. He is certainly someone that can be a massive key to a team, mm. and. If I'm the Cats, I'm trying to get him back, absolutely, mm-hmm. because he he's kind of has to feel that the loss of, of Clint Steindl. And, you know, again, whether it's, it's the system that they're playing or what's, what's going on, he just hasn't found his feet this year. But he's, he's certainly someone that you need on your team. Now, some of the young guys, would you be recommending that they come back for one more NBL season and then nominate for the 2023 NBA draft mm-hmm. or...? Would you recommend them going for the NBA draft this year? We already know that Usman Jeng and Hugo Bassan are going this year, and I think that's the right move for those yep. two. I think they're both ready. Yep. But what about these guys? Kai Soto. No, I think he needs another year. I think it's only been in the past probably month that he started to really find his feet. So I think another year, starting off where he's finished here, will help him a lot. I feel like Mojave King is still being told by people that he's an NBA-level talent. Yeah. I don't think we've seen that from him. I'm interested to talk to Bevo about him because he's now signed at the Southland Sharks for mm-hmm. this New Zealand NBL season. What do you think with Mojave? Yeah, he's not ready yet at all. I think it was Giddy that he was rated higher than, and yeah. he's just he hasn't lived up to it yet, you know. And some players take longer to to get better, and there's no re- no nothing wrong with him waiting no. a year or two and then being ready. It would be a total waste if he nominated this year. Oh, it'd be pointless. It'd be pointless. You wouldn't. I. I don't think you'd get picked up at all by anyone this year. Um, so I think another year in the league, playing against grown men, training against them, and um, playing under Bevo. Yeah, exactly. Um, I. I think would certainly benefit him. So yeah, there's the NBL would would be it. Tom Digba, another tough one because he's finished the season off really well. Hmm. Um, but again, someone who I think is still slightly underdone. Yeah. Um, I, I do think another year in the NBL would be good for him mm. um, because I, I don't know how 
many teams would be after him at this point in time. But Ariel Hutporty. He's he's a tough one. I think again he's gotten better and better over the year. I think if he nominated this year, I think he'd probably attract some attention. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure with him. I'm not sure. It's a, it's a tough one. I, I I think that it was a tough one for him because he came in playing behind an already star in yeah. this league. Sure. And he's proven to be just as valuable. He has, yeah. You know, for mine, I'd, I'd say he's just as an important piece. Mm. So whether he signs on again or, yeah, I don't know. I, I, reckon, I, reckon, he, I reckon he nominates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I find that probably the toughest one out of the yeah, group as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, Luke Travers. Again, another one that he's had some good glimpses this year, but I still just I don't think he's quite ready yet. I mm. think he really needs to improve his shot. I think that's going to be the big thing for him. And probably also more time with the ball in his hands. Yeah, yeah, because he's, he's going to be that probably two-man. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he's a point guard, so I, I think he's going to have to play that two spot. Um, so he's going to have to knock, be able to knock that three down consistently. And you're right, he, he needs the ball in his hand a bit more. Last one, Makua Maker. Only really gotten an opportunity these past couple of weeks yeah. with with injury. A month ago, we wouldn't have even mentioned him on this list. No, not at all. And again, I, I think he needs another year in the NBL yeah. purely to get some game time under his belt. Because mm. I mean, look, he's he's on a stacked team. So that's that's the that's the downside for him. Yep. He's on a team where he's playing behind NBL first team guys and mm. second team guys. Mm. So it's tough for him. I think he's made the most of his opportunities and he's been really good for them. Um, but I think another year in the NBL will be good for him. All right. Very quickly, some quick questions, and then we'll wrap up the show for this week, Cody. Mm-hmm. Does Mitch Creek stay in the NBL? And he's made it clear if he does, it's at the Phoenix. Yep. Or does he go to Europe? I reckon he moves on and, and tries something different. Mm. Um, yeah, look, I think this year has probably taken its toll on him and, and a few guys in that team, yeah. and I, I think he moves on and tries something different. Do we see Scott Machado again? I hope so. I really hope so because I, I love watching Machado. I think he's got such a great knack for the game, and he makes that Cairns team so much different mm-hmm. when, he's, when he's fit and healthy, and I, I'm hoping we do. Where does Dort Reef go after this season? It's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's, it's at that point now where the NBL is nearly just as good a league as, as anywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these guys are on lots of money, but there's millions to be made elsewhere yeah. is the problem. Yeah. So, he look, uh, I think he could, especially after the year he's had, I think he could attract some, some fairly big offers all around yeah. the world. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if we saw him move to Europe or, yeah. or something like that again. Does Joe Luala Chul make it to the NBA? Very good question. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I think there'd be some NBA interest, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm just not sure if he's quite there yet. Not this year. Not this year. Do Bryce Cotton and Rick Law stay together? Oh, I think it's going to depend on how Vic is. Yeah. I really think that if he doesn't play again this year, then he'll want to come back and, mm-hmm. and prove that the old vice duo works. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, look, I, I'd, I'd like to say yes because they've been 
a very good one-two punch mm. this year when when both healthy. Yeah. So oh, I hope so. Should Joe G come back to the Phoenix, or should the Phoenix want Joe G to come back? Yeah, I don't know. I think I think he's been really good for them. I think they've found a way to use him properly, and I'd say yes. Mm-hmm. I think he's one of those guys that is tough to stop. He's an absolute monster, and I, I think he reads the game really well. And um, hasn't quite had the defensive impact that we thought he we, he might have early on. No, and that's that's adjusting to the refing. I think yeah. I think he's. He's still young and he, he gets those silly fouls, those reaching fouls. And I think if he can figure out the refing and, and how to play through it, I think it'd be really good for them. But, you know, we, we've seen so many guys come through this league that are really good but just can't figure out the refing. Yeah. And they're just always in foul trouble. And it's disappointing because mm. there's, there's lots of talent there. Do we get to see Jalen Adams in the NBL beyond this season? Four. It would surprise me. I think he's been really good. Oh, yeah. But I also think that, geez, he's not big. That's, that's his only mm. issue. Mm. You know, he's got that, that Bryce problem of, mm. of just not being quite big enough, I think. Yeah. Certainly an outstanding player. Mm. I think that if he was going to make an, M- an NBA roster, I think he'd already be on one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, I, I hope he comes back. Yeah. I hope he comes back. He's been awesome to watch. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And the last one, the Jack Jumpers built a team around Will McNay, but all of their success has been without, without him. Will McNay. Do they still build around him for next season? That's a tough one. Uh, I think a guy like Magnay, is, is, he's going to make your team better just purely because of his size and his athleticism. And you're right, like they, they've gotten better with him being away because they've figured out how to play. Yep. It's one of those ones that... You've got guys like, like Fab, um, Chris Levick, and Jack McVeigh as your bigs. Mm. You can play that small ball and be up and in. And with guys like Magna, you can't do that as much. But I think the league is, is heading towards having that monster inside again. Mm. Not, too, like, not two or three of them, but having that one big that is on pretty much every roster now that needs someone to be able to guard them. Sure. So I, I, I do think they should keep the faith in him, mm-hmm. um, give him another crack because he didn't really get a great go of it this year, no. um, unfortunately, and injuries suck, and I'm hoping he's fit and healthy for, for next year. And, look, I, I, I do think they, they keep the faith in him. Yep, let's hope so. Well, Cody, that's been a big show. Thank you for giving all your insights <laughs> into all of that, and we just can't wait to find out what happens now this weekend. And... By the time we come back next week, we'll have a finals series to be looking forward to and we'll know who's playing who and when. So we'll be back next week to, to go through all of that. Thank you to Hoop7 for making it possible. I'm Chris Pike and I'll sign off and leave you with Cody with his words of wisdom for this week <laughs> of what he might be looking forward to. Oh, man. Look, it's going to be a good round, I think. I think um, I, as much as Wildcats fans want it to be over in, in the first, <laughs> first day or so, I, I'm, I'm hoping it comes down to the last game of the season, and I think that would be very fitting for the season we've had.